How's it going, everyone? Hope your uh, week's going good. I've been uh, out doing wildlife stuff. Um, been catching animals that are in bushland area that is being bulldozed for housing and development. So I've been out doing that, catching some animals. Caught a few shingleback lizards. I got like three babies, and then one scaly foot legless lizard. Now, most people would look at this lizard and think it was a snake. They are very serpentine in uh, shape and locomotion. But they're actually uh, closely related to geckos. And you can kind of see it in their face. They look a bit like geckos. But they've, uh, they're have they called scaly foot legless lizards because, because near their uh, cloaca, or vent, basically where they poo and wee, um, you can see like little flaps and that's the uh, vestigial legs but they're pretty tucked in so they're hard to see and unfortunately a lot of people find these lizards and kill them thinking that they're snakes but they're completely harmless they're adorable and yeah I rescued one yesterday and released it back into the wild so that's always a good feeling um, we've got Halloween coming up I'm hell looking forward to it. I love Halloween. And unfortunately, it's on a Monday here in uh, Australia, which sucks, but we're going to celebrate it on Sunday. We're going to watch some cool Halloween movies. Hubie's Halloween uh, with Adam Sandler. That's like a sort of staple Halloween movie now. It only came out a few years ago, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. So I'll be watching that again. You know, you have them... Christmas movies that you watch all the time and you have the Halloween movies that you watch all the time that's uh, that's added to the Halloween list so I'm looking forward to it I also have some exciting news if you've been hanging out to buy an Adam Thorne signature leather thigh pouch like I wear in Kings of Pain then you're in luck I have a whole bunch of them now they're all ready to go so if you want one uh, jump on biothorn.com.au and go to the shop and you'll see uh, the pouches there with a whole bunch of other goodies and if you buy one of the pouches you'll get a autographed Adam Thorne photo with that free of charge how's that looking after you um, if you haven't already liked and subscribed not liked do you like it yeah rate it you rate it it's not a YouTube video if you haven't already... Oh, there's the dogs! Right on cue. <laughs> uh, there's this dog that's like moved in across the road. And it barks and then it sets them off. So it's just another reason for the dogs to start barking. As if everything wasn't enough. Here's a new reason. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, rate and subscribe uh, to Thorn's Jungle. That'd be great. Do us a solid and uh, go ahead and do that. Um, today's episode. What is lurking in Thorn's jungle? Well, I'm going to tell you. It's a cryptid. I know you all love the cryptozoology episodes, so I'm going to treat you with one today. And this is the Yeren. But before we get into that... I'm going to answer a listener question. This one came in written email form, and it reads, Hi Adam, my name is Chantel. I'm from South Africa. 
In my country, we have the blue-headed warbler. I just want to know, are they venomous and poisonous? Theory in my country is that if you walk underneath a tree, they can jump onto your head and bite you. Is that theory true? You'll find them mostly in Durban, South Africa. I always find these kind of reptiles interesting. They are also part of the lizard family. They are blue and greenish. Attached as a photo of one. Kind regards Chantel. Okay. Okay, there's a photo. Hmm. Well, thanks for the uh, email, Chantel. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, Blue-headed warbler. See, a warbler, to me, is a bird. There's lots of different species of warbler. I've never heard it being used to uh, describe this lizard. And this lizard is the southern triagama. Um, they're a lizard and the males are like, get this really bright blue colored head. Um, but I don't know, in, in Durban, they might call them warblers. It might be like a colloquial thing. Uh, but anyway, this is a lizard, and they're beautiful looking lizards, by the way. Uh, the females are kind of drab in colour, they're not as colourful as the males, because, hey, they've got nothing to prove. The males have everything to prove. So they all, they're all peacocking it. Um, so I guess there's a rumour of them dropping out of trees and biting people. Uh, we have a similar uh, myth with our koalas, like the drop bears and stuff. But as to your question, are they venomous? Are they poisonous? Well, venom is injected, poison is ingested, and as far as I'm aware, this lizard is neither. It's not venomous, and I mean, if it's dead and rotting and you eat it, I suppose it would be poisonous. <laughs> uh, but other than that, no, they are completely harmless uh, toxicity-wise to humans. They would probably give you an okay bite, I reckon, and I'm sure they would break skin. Um, and if you do get bitten by one, you would have to clean it out really well, otherwise it would be prone to infection. But as far as, like, you would have to grab hold of one and really mess around with it for it to bite. I really cannot see them jumping out of trees to bite somebody. I mean, they're up a tree, they're safe. Why would they put themselves in danger by jumping out of that safety uh, area and onto somebody to bite them? Um, yeah, it just really wouldn't, uh, wouldn't make sense. But nope, not venomous, completely harmless. And if you see one in the wild, enjoy its beauty. And again, thanks Chantel for your question. And if anybody else has a question, uh, email it to me at bio, uh, adam at biothorn.com.au uh, You can send it written like Chantel has or you can send me a voice recording of your question, topic or uh, anything interesting uh, animal-wise. Um, I do prefer the voice recordings but hey, these emails are great as well. Alrighty, now on to the main topic of today's episode. The Yaren, China's Bigfoot. Now, I don't like calling it China's Bigfoot. So many people do that. Oh, it's uh, North America's Loch Ness Monster. It's like, well, the... F it, like... The chances of them being 
the same animal just in a different location is like slim to none and I think it being in China it's its own entity alright I'm just calling like the, I know the title of this episode is China's Bigfoot but that's just a way for people to know what it's about what the episode's about if I just said the Yaren people are like what the hell is that but at least you know calling it China's Bigfoot it's it's it grabs people's attention so um it's like saying, oh, the orangutan is Asia's gorilla. <laughs> no, an orangutan is an orangutan, all right? And the yaren is a yaren. If it exists, and if Bigfoot exists, the chance of them being the same species is pretty much slim to none. And the descriptions of the yaren do differ from Bigfoot to some degree. Now, what's really cool about the yaren is... Uh, sightings of this creature date back ages like 2,000 years but what is the Yaren or Chinese wild man it has long been reported as dwelling in the forest and mountains of Cheng Chenongchi now I'm reading Chinese words here okay like and names so I'm going to butcher them this you know, 90%, I'm 90% sure this isn't how you pronounce them, but just go along with it, alright? Pretend I'm hell good at talking, speaking Chinese words. So it's found in the mountains and forest areas of Chenongchi, or northwestern Hubei, where it's called the Yaren. Sightings of the Yaren in these forests date back to the 16th century. A local gazette, goodness grief, how, how do you pronounce that? Fangshuan? A local gazette in Fangshuan first mentioned the Yaren in 1555 during the Qing dynasty. Fang. I'm not even going to pretend to pronounce that. The article said that a group of Yaren inhabited caves in the mountains of Fangshuan. These mysterious wild men were said to have eaten domestic chickens and dogs. Zhao Gao Qing points out that tales of the hairy monsters from Sheng Chong Qing, Shen Chenong Qing, and Fangshuan date back to the earliest recorded history. He also notes an interesting archaeological discovery. A lantern that showed an image of a yarn on it was unearthed at an archaeological dig. And this lantern dated back to 2,000 years. So, 2,000 years ago, they were aware of this animal, this hominid, the yarn. That's pretty crazy. I'm not sure any other cryptid hominid has such a documented history as the Yaren does. Anyway, I'll continue. The number of eyewitness reports of the Yaren in Shinongchi increased during the late 20th century, prompting scientists to start investigating the phenomenon. A notable sighting in 1976 involved six members of the Shinongchi Forest Com Committee who claimed to have spotted a hairy creature and nearly ran it over while driving back from a meeting. In 1980, 
A villager collecting herbs on the edge of the forest said she saw a Yaren, about seven feet tall, with reddish fur and long swinging arms. In 2007, tourists in the Shinongchi area claimed to have spotted two wild men behind some shrubbery. I hope they weren't whacking off behind them shrubs. Sorry. Eyewitness reports vary about the size of the Yaren. Many say it's over six feet. They tend to agree on certain other physical descriptions. Red or tawny hair, abundant hairiness of body, including long scalp hair, bipedal motion, that's walking on two legs, and resembling both modern man and ape in terms of its facial features. In 1984, it was estimated that there have been approximately 300 sightings of the Yaren. The number of recorded sightings has increased by 2018 to over 400. That's pretty crazy. I mean, the descriptions of the Yaren seem pretty uh, on point with each other. I mean, they do vary, but um, if you were to describe one person and then describe another person, the description would vary, right? Uh, just like, you know, a dog of one breed, even the same breed, they look different. You can tell them apart. And that obviously would account for people slightly describing their sightings of the Yaren being slightly different to another person's sighting. Um, they're not clones of each other. And it sounds like it looks a little bit more human-like than its North American cousin, the Bigfoot. Bigfoot's always described as looking more ape than man. But, I mean, uh, humans are apes, but you, you get what I mean, right? And the Yaren is described as looking more man-like, like primitive man mixed with ape in there. Especially with the long hair, you know, it's got like this nice, luscious shoulder-length hair. It's like a, you know, picture it on a L'Oreal commercial. Or Pantene Pro-V. Does that still exist? I haven't heard of Pantene Pro-V in ages. Anyway, I digress. The Chinese Academy of Sciences funded an expedition to Shenongchi in 1977 to investigate and interview eyewitnesses. This was co-led by Zhao Guqing, an anthropologist from Beijing's Museum of Natural History. The expedition involved members of the Chinese military, zoologists, biologists, and photographers. There have since been more search parties in the same region to investigate the Yaren, but none have ever been successful in recovering reliable evidence. The expedition in 1977, in fact, has been described as counterproductive because it was too large, causing disruption to wildlife and scaring away the wild men, if any existed. So that makes sense. You know, you get these uh, people out to try and research these animals. If the party's too big, then the animals, especially if they are already super elusive, they're just going to try and keep away as much as possible. Humans cannot not talk to each other and make noise. So if this animal does not want to be seen, especially by humans, if it's had encounters in the past with uh, people hunting then, of course, as soon as it hears any activity involving humans, it's out of there. So that does make sense. Um, in 1981, 
a group called the China Wildman Research Society was formed with with the support of paleoanthropologist Jay Lanpo. It offered a five thousand oh one thousand seven hundred and fifty dollar reward for a dead Yaren specimen, and you wonder why they bloody run away. And twice as much for a live specimen. In nineteen ninety four, another organization, this one named Strange and Rare Animals Exploration and Investigation Committee. Guys, if you want somebody to remember your name, don't make it that long. <laughs> just just a little tip for you. It was founded to investigate Yaren sightings. The following year, an international expedition in Guangxi, China, resulted in a documentary on the Chinese wild man. The expedition included the US anthropologist and cryptozoologist Grover Krantz, who wrote about his journey. Grover Krantz is a very well-known cryptozoologist, if uh, people don't know who he is. Um, he was a very intelligent guy. Uh, he did a lot of work in the cryptozoological field and I think his skeleton is preserved in the like the Smithsonian or something he re he wanted his skeleton to be on display and also it's him with his dog like the skeleton of his dog is preserved with him as well I just hope that they didn't kill the dog to preserve its bones next to Grover's. Um, that'd be pretty f fucked up. <laughs> During late May and early June of 1995, the authors of this report spent 17 days in the People's Republic of China with Japan Television Workshop making a documentary on the Yaren, or Wildman. One of their projects while they were there was participating in an expedition to Huanbao Mountain in the Guangxi Chong Autonomous Region of Southern China to interview two natives of the Miao nationality who had claimed recent sightings of a Yaren. This was an international expedition composed of about 10 Chinese, three scientists from Taiwan, a five-member Japanese TV crew and the author of this uh, report that I'm reading to you and an American anthropologist. I think that was Grover Kranz. The primary objective was the Yaren story, though the scientists from Taiwan were there to study the flora, fauna, and human use of the region. Okay, so like that's a decent um, sort of search party. And it's always hard looking for animals when there's a TV crew with you. It's so damn hard because obviously it's slow. You can't go as deep as into the forest as you want to go um, and obviously they make a lot of noise so it's it's very hard to do expeditions like that um, with uh, with camera crews so basically they didn't find anything they didn't find any Yaren um, and the Yaren hypothesis is rejected by most scientists, which of course it is. And they point out the lack of fossil evidence as well as the unlikelihood of an unknown species eluding discovery during time of deforestation and tourism in the Shenongchi forest, which is over 300 square, 3,000 square kilometers. Well, yeah, 
I mean, that does make sense. Because... Large animals... You know, they can't stay hidden forever. But then you look at things like the mountain gorilla. It was known to the natives and the locals forever. And it was only like a hundred or so years ago that Westerners discovered it. Same as the panda, the giant panda. Um, the Chinese knew about it for ages. And there were stories told of it. And it wasn't until some dude found one for sale, a cub, in a marketplace. And that wasn't that long ago, you know? And, I, I mean, I've gone looking for animals in the past. Animals that we know exist. And it's been so damn hard. I mean, the Malayan tapir, for example. They're bloody hard to find. And they're animals we know exist. So... And the, the forest, uh, the fossilization aspect of it, this is a wet forest. Um, I'd be interested to find if they found any, any fossils of any other animals in this forest because wet, damp forests aren't very good at fossilizing things. And there is a cave in Shenongchi called Rhino Cave and it's got heaps of fossils in it. But that's because it's in a cave which is probably kept dry and you know there's limestone which is conducive of fossilization but alas they didn't find any yarn fossils down there but that doesn't mean it's not it doesn't exist you know um now the thing is after all these sort of searches and uh you know scientists getting involved which i do have to say I take my hat off to the Chinese government for doing this, actually getting involved and like going, okay, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to fund some search parties and we're going to take a proper look into it. Um, I know they did that with the Yeti. I think it was the Indian government funded search parties. I think the uh, Nepalese did as well. I know the Russians did a lot of uh, research into the... Almas or the Almasti, which is like their version of uh, Bigfoot. I think that the only country that hasn't actually gotten serious uh, governmental support when it comes to looking for a cryptid hominid is the uh, American government. Um, I don't think they, or off the back of my head, I can't remember them ever funding anything to do with uh, Bigfoot. And if they do, they keep it very secretive, which is kind of strange. Okay. Now, the Chinese government has completely ceased any searches for the Yeren, and they really dissuade people from doing it. The government doesn't want people looking for the Yeren. Um, they want the people, the witnesses, anyone involved in looking for the Yeren to completely cease what they're doing. Um, now, knowing the Chinese and the Chinese government, they're very proud people and they don't like being humiliated. So this might be a reason why. Um, you know, they might not want to be associated with looking for a, you know, quote-unquote mythological creature. And yeah, that makes sense. I mean, there are a lot of people that have gone out looking for cryptids. Very uh, people with good reputations in their in their field of science and their academics and when they look for these cryptids they lose their reputation 
um, and they get kind of persecuted for it. So I guess that's what the Chinese government's doing. They're like, well, we want to be known as, you know, intelligent, sophisticated people that don't chase monsters. And I get it, but in saying that, it's like, there is so much folklore and tradition around the Yaren and the government wants them to cease that yet they're perfectly happy having traditions like um, rhino horn and tiger bone for medicinal use and they have no problems with that but they want to see something that doesn't harm anything and may do some good that that's what I'd, I'd don't really understand you know that's kind of hypocritical there they banned the importation of rhino horn for 25 years and recently they've just they've scrapped the ban so it's all good now um yeah that that kind of gets to me but uh i know i do have a lot of listeners in china so don't buy rhino horn and tiger bones is is obviously already know that um but yeah it's a tough one. Um, I, every time I look into the Yaren, I always sort of think to myself that this is one of those cryptid hominids that I think has a good chance of existing. And in this same forest and this same area where the Yaren sighted, there are golden snub-nosed monkeys. And if you don't know what a golden snub-nosed monkey is, then look it up. They are, they are, they look myth- mythological. If you were to describe a golden snub-nosed monkey and then describe a Yaren, they would think the golden snub-nosed monkey is the mythological animal that doesn't exist. (laughs) And a lot of people think that sightings of the Yaren can be uh, attributed to golden snub-nosed monkeys. They're big monkeys, I'll give them that. But you could not mistake a golden snub-nosed monkey with a seven-foot uh, bipedal ape man with long hair. I mean, they're a completely different color uh, just from the get-go. And they they just... <laughs> Golden Snubnose monkeys are mainly in trees as well. They're mainly arboreal. So, yeah, I, I don't buy into that mistaken identity theory. Um, and just some of the ways that witnesses have described the behavior of the Yaren. Like apparently when it's sighted, it sort of throws its arms up in the air and like either makes a laughing sound or like a wailing sound. They uh kind of compare it to like a woman screaming and flipping out and, ah! and then running off. Which is kind of interesting and that's been described multiple times. And when like weird descriptions like that happen multiple times you kind of got to go okay that's too weird to just be made up if you know what i mean i mean if they said oh you know it it roars like a bear then you'd go oh typical of course it does but to you know wave its hands up in the air and go bah! and then run off that's yeah, kind of interesting i mean there are apes that do that sort of thing uh gibbons you know, when they're frightened, they'll put their hands up in the air like they just don't care and then run off bipedally. Um, 
So yeah, it's not unheard of behavior when it comes to primates and some humans. And also during one of their investigations, like it's not like they didn't find any evidence of the Yaren. There has been footprints cast and the 1977 expedition did cast some footprints, but they looked different to the original casted ones. So therefore they were completely debunked. Now I don't know how different these uh, foot casts looked to one another, but I mean, if they weren't like, you know, one looked like a hoof and the other one looked like a human foot, then yeah, you could probably debunk it. But if it's like, you know, this toe's going a little bit out that way and this toe's longer than the other toes on the original cast, then you can't really go by that because, you know, my foot compared to, for example, I, one of my mates, uh, actually I've got two mates that have feet and their toes look like bloody fingers. If you saw a footprint from one of them and a footprint of mine, you'd be like, well, they look very different. But you can't debunk that my friends don't exist because they look different, you know? <laughs> so it's kind of, uh, a, you know, I, I wouldn't debunk something like that unless the footprints were like stupidly different. And also, there are some footcasts from the Yaren that have what's called a mid-tarsal uh, break which is as some animals uh, and some primates walk, there's a kind of a break in the middle of their foot that makes a clear impression in the ground. It's like their foot kind of bends in the middle. And there are footprints that date back a long time that have this mid-tarsal break in them. Now, for somebody to hoax a footprint back then that includes this mid-tarsal break, is very very rare it, it it just wouldn't happen this uh mid-tarsal break in cryptid hominids footprints is only a like a recent thing that we've kind of learned about the locomotion of these uh primates and for a farmer out in the middle of a forest to know the anatomy of certain primates and put that into a foot cast that they were faking would be very, very unusual. And I, I just can't see it happening. There's also a lot of theories about what the Yaren could be. Apart from, you know, misidentifying snub-nosed monkeys, there's the European person theory. Like when the locals in these towns first laid eyes on Europeans that had beards. Most of them had beards at the time, the men, maybe some of the women, I don't know. Don't know what the style was back there. Um, they mistook these European men as wild men because they looked so different. Um, and, and that's where one of the theories is that the story of the Yaren originated. I mean, can you really buy into it? I mean, I know a lot of these Europeans were Greek uh, Europeans. And yeah, Greek men, they, they can be hairy. I mean, I'm stupidly hairy and I'm not Greek, but I'm sure if I grew my beard out and walked around 
the forest naked and some local Chinese people saw me, they would absolutely think I was some sort of ape man. A hundred percent. So, yeah, I, I, I still don't think that that is a good reason as to, like, they're mistaking hairy Greek men <laughs> as, like, Sasquatch-type creatures. I just don't buy into it. And that doesn't really account for the sightings all the way up to 2018 unless some of these Greek men were left in the forest accidentally and they've just kind of made a population in that forest and they can't escape for some reason um, yeah I don't really think that's a good sort of hypothesis another one is the Gigantopithecus thing which has come up with Bigfoot in North America um, and there were Gigantopithecus in China so we do know they did exist there um, and it would have to be one of those things is do they still exist um, I don't know I don't think they do does the Yeren exist? I don't know. I'm not going to say, no, they don't. I hate when people say, oh, it doesn't exist, when they haven't actually gone out there to prove otherwise. They sit there on their, you know, couch or desk and go, no, nah, can't exist. Well, why? Well, because I haven't seen it. If I don't see it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't exist. Like, well, have you seen a gorilla in the wild? Have you seen a, you know a Bolivian river dolphin in the wild? Chances are they probably haven't. So therefore, does it not exist because you haven't seen it? Or oh, I've seen photos of it. Well, I've seen photos of Bigfoot. <laughs> you know, I know it's silly, but I, I just don't like when people can just dismiss things without going out and actually putting in a little bit of work. Dismiss it, fine, if you've gone out there and looked for it and, you know, put in the effort. But don't just be so quick to write something off and... I mean, I'm like logically thinking, yeah, it is very, very unlikely that an animal like the Yaren exists, but you know what? Stranger things have happened in this world and some of the sightings are very convincing and I, I just don't think people are outright just lying about it, especially if they're a farmer in the middle of a forest somewhere that has nothing to gain from it. And if anything, they've got stuff to lose from it. You know, they could be persecuted by their peers. Um, it could cause bloody people to come in looking for the animals and disturbing their hunting grounds, things like that. So they don't really have anything to gain from it. So, yeah, it is kind of interesting. I'll leave it at that. I, I think the Aaron is interesting. Whether it exists or not, it's kind of a cool story. And I hope the story persists and I'm interested to see if there's any new sightings that come out of it. And what I told you today in today's episode is pretty much just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the Yaren. There's been other search parties. There's been lists of very descriptive sightings, but I'm only one man and there's only so much time in an episode. So... Unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it at that. But I hope you learned something. I hope you learned about a cool potential animal. And I hope to see you again on Thorn's Jungle. Next week is the Halloween episode. So I'm looking for scary stories. 
regarding the wilderness or animals or anything. You know, it's Thorn's Jungle, man. There's no rules. It can be anything. Anything. As long as it's creepy, scary, or, you know, some sort of weird thing involved. I want to hear it. So send them to me. Alright? Okay. I'll see you next week on the Halloween special of Thorn's Jungle. <laughs> oh, God. That was bad. <laughs>